Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Welcome to episode 18 of the Leadership Matters Podcast and part two of Beyond the Platform. Now, if you have not taken the time to listen to part one, episode 17, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. That dropped in June 2019, last month. And uh, I'd encourage you to go back, have a listen to that before you tune into part two. Otherwise, this is not going to make a whole lot of sense. For those of you who have already listened to episode 17, you've been tracking, you've taken in part one. Let's start by, by doing a little quick recap of what we covered in part one of Beyond the Platform. Now, remember, this is all about communication. And we kind of came up with the idea, uh, the major point was this, that a low communication may be constant, intentionality is not. And that is often the missing ingredient when it comes to what we communicate beyond a, a stage or beyond a platform, is really being intentional with the four stages of communication. Now, we talked about stage one and two, and we're going to cover stage three and four today. But if you remember, you can go back in your mind and let me refresh your memory. Part or Stage one of an intentional communication strategy started with the why and being intentional about why it is you communicate and how that is so important because it creates a bit of a lens, a bit of a filter um, for everything else that you communicate has to go through that lens. And I gave you a little window into my the organization I work with and where I lead. And we came up with a, a very simplistic why to our communication strategy is, is inform and inspire, kind of two-part. But if it doesn't inform, if it doesn't inspire in some way, shape, or form, we do not communicate. And then we moved on to the who. And it's really important after you... F- after you figure out why you're going to communicate and you're intentional with your why, it's really important to be intentional about who it is you're communicating to. And for us, I, I, again, I used us as an example here. Credential holders is the who for us. But for you, if you're in a church uh, or a ministry, it, it might be twofold. It might be people you're trying to reach, people you're trying to grow, people you're trying to, to, to see come to know Christ. Um, and those you're trying to disciple in their relationship with Christ, inside, outside type deal. But for wherever you're leading, you need to figure out the who. And we walk through the seven parts of StoryBrand, some Donald Miller material there, the hero, a problem, a guide, a simple plan, big decision, success or failure is how the story ends. And those are the seven parts to any great story. And we talked about you are not the hero of your story, but you are the guide. And you need to act as such, position yourself as such, and figure out who the hero is and what they're going through, what their greatest needs are, and what's going to make them successful in life, and how you can come alongside and help them in that, how you can kind of be the guide in their story. And then walking through, we talked about social media. We kind of ended by specifically talking about social media and the whole strategy behind social media, if you're using it as a communication strategy, that is, is to get people to like you, to know you, and to trust you, possibly before they ever meet you. And we also talked about giving three times before you ever make an ask or a call to action is that is that you would give three resources or three freebies or, or three pieces of advice before you before you ever make an ask of your of your audience on a social media platform. Now, so that's a bit of a refresher, a bit of a recap, um, how we got to where we're going to go today. Now, since we've talked about being intentional about why you communicate and being intentional about who you're communicating to, today I want to start 
by getting into stage four, stage three rather, which is what? Now, this is the big mistake. Often organizations, ministries, churches are notorious for this. They start with what it is they want to communicate and they leave out the why and the who. But I really want to encourage you. That's why it's so important if you missed episode 17 to go back and listen to that episode first before you listen in on this one. Because I want you to get those two points. And I want you to start there. It's so important that you have a lens, a filter, to filter everything through. But now let's, let's move on to being intentional about what it is you will communicate. And this is where it becomes so crucial that you've already articulated and come up with your clear why. Now, we walk through, again, I'm going to use our office as an example. And so uh, just bear with me for a few moments. But we walk through our broadcast emails. That was one of the the ways that we communicated, the hows, which we'll get to next. And so we walked through our broadcast emails and we came up with four things we wanted to communicate. We wanted to communicate some leadership stuff to, to equip people. We wanted to communicate a family win. And I won't get into what these are, uh, but I just want to give you the titles. Uh, this is us and it transitions. We realized if we're going to communicate about four times a month in a weekly broadcast email, then let's have four sub-themes of what it is we're going to communicate, four kind of headings, and then let's be consistent over time with communicating in these four areas. And, and we realized amongst our district, for our audience anyways, we don't celebrate. Our, but one of the, the things that defines us as a, as a culture of our district is people always comment about how it feels like family here in eastern Ontario. And so we want to use that to our advantage. And if you're in a family, you know it's... What creates great family culture is when you celebrate the wins, when you celebrate the stories amongst another family member or what somebody else has done in your family. And so we thought we need to be better at that, at communicating that. Those are wins and, and half the time people don't know across our district how somebody else, another family member might be winning. And so we want to do better at that, which we believe inspires people. Right And see how that goes back to our why. Each of these things, whether it be a leadership matters moment or a family win, a this is us or a transition, every single one of these either does one of two things or sometimes both. It either is going to inform you of something you need to know. So take transitions for a moment. Uh, when people transition out of churches or to other churches, or we want to inform uh, the rest of our family about that. That's an information piece. Or a way they can pray for, for a need amongst our district. That's another information piece. Or it's going to inspire you. Uh, leadership and family win. A this is us moment. Those things all inspire in some way, shape, or form. And that's what I mean by you've got to have your clear why before you can even figure out what it is you're going to communicate. Because it's got to be filtered through that lens. And that's exactly what we try and do uh, in our organization here at Eastern Ontario and Nunavut District. Now... Before you communicate anything, you need to ask yourself these four questions. Now, these are transferable. Whether you're drafting up an email, whether you're writing a seminar, a breakout, whether it's a sermon you're about to preach, whether um, it, it might be a, a social media post, you need to be asking yourself and answering these four questions. Now, these are not my own. I did not come up with these. If you've read Andy Stanley's book, Communicating for Change, you're going to recognize these questions. But these are something he talks about before you ever get on to the meat and the potatoes, before you ever fill in the blanks. It's important that, and this is just to let you into my world a little bit and how I operate ever since reading that book. I use these four questions. 
um, before I ever fill in kind of the surrounding areas of a talk, I've already taken the time to sit down and answer these four questions. Question number one is this, what do they need to know? And this is your bottom line. And so I'll use this podcast, for instance, as, as an example. I've already given you the bottom line is that communication is constant, but intentionality is not. That's what I really am trying to get that point across to you more than anything else I'm saying is that, that one line. Now, they often talk about the idea um, of if you had, you know, say you were going up five, six floors in an elevator and you basically had 30 seconds to deliver your talk, your sermon, your speech, your email, your whatever, social media post, how would you say it in 30 seconds uh, on that elevator? If you were stuck in an elevator with another person and you wanted to, to deliver that message, what you want to communicate, how would you do it in 30 seconds or less? If you can't do that, if you can't nail your talk, your speech, your post, your email, into a, a short phrase, a bottom line, a tagline, whatever you want to call it. If you can't do that, then you're probably not ready to write the rest of that email or the rest of that message um, until you can put it in one line. Now, that's a lot of work. It, it may sound so simplistic, um, but it, it usually this is the part uh, when I'm crafting something, uh, a message, a talk, or whatever, this actually takes me longer than anything else is to come up with this bottom line. It, it's a lot of um, scratching things out and I use a blank piece of paper and I'll, I'll just start writing top things that come on my come to mind when I think of this topic, this idea, and then I, I narrow it down and try and get to that one thing that I really want to get across. Once you do that, that's question number one. You can move to question number two. Why do they need to know this? From what you've just articulated, your bottom line and what they need to know. Now, why do they need to know this? Why is it so important? And this in your, say you're drafting up an email, a broadcast email or something like that. This is actually where your intro, your first couple lines, where you're creating a bit of tension, where you're creating a bit of suspense of, hey, tell me more. I want to know more about this. And, and I did that even with our opening story in part one. If you go back to episode 17, I started with an opening story about a pastor showing me through their building. And and I created a little bit of suspense of why, why do I want to know more? You know, why do, why is this so important to know? That's your intro and you're creating some tension there. And then you move on to, to, uh, to step three uh, or question number three. What do you want them to do? And this is the application. This is the call to action. Uh, what are you really after? What are you really wanting them to do with what the information you're giving them? right? And uh, this is so important. I don't know if you've ever sat through somebody giving a speech or a lecture or maybe a message, a sermon, and you're sitting there and you leave kind of going, so what? That was great what the speaker had to say, but so what? What do you want me to do with that? Why is that? How do I apply that to my life now today in 2019 um, or whenever you're listening to this, right? And, and so often we leave this important step out. You've got to answer that question. What do you want them to do? And then finally, fourthly, why do they need to do it? And this is where you, you end your talk. You conclude with a little bit of vision, a little bit of inspiration. This is where you might hear some questions like, what if? What if we all decided to do that? What if we all decided to make one small change? What if we all decided to be a little more intentional uh, about the four stages of communication? What, what could that change what are some of the radical changes we could see in our organizations, in our churches, in our ministries if we decided to do that? Now, if you're not sure where to start, um, 
how with in terms of what you're going to communicate. Well, why don't why don't you try this? Let let's use let's use a church um, because that's my world, and I get that a little more than I do any other world. Uh, but let's use a a church for instance, or for example, or or even a ministry. If you if you want to, maybe you're leading as a children's pastor, a youth pastor. Um, whatever the case may be. Let's use that in a, as an example today. Why don't you find out what growing churches or growing ministries are doing repeti- repetitively and, and, then, and then do what they're doing. Try what they're doing. Churches, here's the thing. Churches and ministries that grow, grow because they're excited about what's happening. And then the people within those ministries, within those churches, actually invite other people. That's just what happens. Um. Take it a step further. Did here's a here's a stat that might blow your mind as it did mine when I read it. Did you uh, realize that only two percent of people actually invite a friend, or a neighbor, or a coworker, or a family member in any given year? Two percent. So let's say you're leading a youth ministry. Did you know that two percent of the people in your ministry, the youth, the students? Junior highs or senior highs actually invite a friend in a year, only 2% in an average ministry. That's not every ministry, but in an average ministry or church, only 2% invite a friend in any given year. So the question is, how are you increasing in your ministry and your church? How are you increasing your invitability, your invitable quotient or whatever you want to call it? And, and, And in what ways are you going to communicate that? Um, I read another stat, um, kind of down a, a little different vein here, but 46% of employees or staff members never leave a meeting knowing what they're supposed to do next. If you go back to answering that what, what do you want them to do, um, that goes right along with that, that stat. 46% of it, that, that's mind-blowing, that 46% of employees or staff members never leave a meeting knowing what they're supposed to do next. Like, that's tragic. I don't know about you, but I don't want to lead any group of people not knowing what we're supposed to do when we come out of that meeting. And I, I could tell you firsthand, I've been a part of meetings like that where I leave going, okay, well, what was the purpose of that? What, what am I supposed to do out of this, you know? And it's so important at, to have a, a clear what, what it is you're trying to communicate, whether you're leading a meeting, whether you're writing an email, Whatever the case may be, you need to answer those four questions. What do they need to know? Why do they need to know it? What do you want them to do? Why do they need to do it? And then again, if you're not sure where to start, find out what a growing church or growing organization, a growing business is doing repetitively, and then try it yourself. See if it works for you. And uh, when it comes to increasing your invitability, um, increase it by what you're communicating to, to the people around you. Uh, listen, if, if you're not telling the people in your ministry and your church to invite people, if you're not encouraging them to do that, guess what? They're not going to do it. They're just not, it's just not going to be a natural thing. If you're not telling them that they should be, then they won't. And I'm not suggesting just because you tell them that they're going to either. We'll get into that a little, a little later on. But you need to at least be encouraging them. Maybe you take a moment in your message on a Sunday and from the platform and communicate that and say, hey, next week we're actually going to be going here and talking about this and you need to be inviting your, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers. Like that needs to be a consistent thing you're doing every week as, as a communicator. 
communicating and telling people they need and building some excitement. And chances are, if people aren't excited in your, in your church, in your ministry about what's happening, they're not going to invite other people. They're just not. And so uh, sometimes there's some, some self-reflective work to do and, and ask yourself the bigger question as to why are people not excited about what's going on here? How do we create a bit of excitement? All right, so that's the what. You need to be intentional about what it is you are communicating. And then stage four, the last stage of an intentional communication strategy is this. How? Be intentional about how it is you'll communicate the what to the who surrounded by a why if you take it all backwards and go back to stage one. All right? So be intentional about how it is you'll communicate the what. So how meaning how often will you communicate it? And what mediums of communication will be most effective for the who it is that you're trying to communicate to? This is so important that you do it in this order because you, you can't get to the how until you've already articulated and come up with the why, the who, and the what. And now you can get to, to where often people will start and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to start doing a broadcast email or I'm going to start using, we're going to start using Instagram about here. Those aren't bad things, but you're not going to be most effective until you've already gone through the, the hard work of figuring out the why, the who, and the what. And then you can move on to, to how. how it, what's going to be most effective for, for communicating to those people? Now, there's all sorts of different communication mediums out there. And uh, you've got emails, websites, apps, snail mail, newsletters, bulletins, invite cards, promo materials, advertisements, uh, podcasts. You've got blogs. I, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm not going to, this is not an exhaustive list. I'm just listing some that have come to the top of my head as I, as I um, deliver this podcast. There's all sorts of mediums out there that exist. Now, when it comes to, to emails, specifically broadcast emails and social media, there's great, I want to take those two and just talk about those two for, for a second. Um, there's quite a bit of debate today over whether social media has actually overtaken email as the most effective communication medium uh, out there today. Uh, I don't know that it comes down to one over the other, but here's, here's the thing, the greatest hiccup when it comes to social media. And I spent uh, a little bit of time talking about social media um, back in part one of, of, of this two-part series. But when it comes to social media, the greatest hiccup um, is, is when it comes to algorithms. And algorithms are kind of the, the, the robotic features when it comes to a social media as to how something gets posted and who sees it and how often they see it. And those are all algorithms. And the thing about algor algorithms are is they're out of our control. And, and, and secondly, they're constantly changing. You don't have control over when an algorithm is going to change. There was a, a while back, Facebook changed one of their major algorithms, which threw a lot of marketers and, and entrepreneurs for a bit of a loop because they, they had been using Facebook as a, a major marketing strategy. And then Facebook went and changed everything. And it kind of threw a lot of businesses and organizations for a bit of a loop that were using it as their main strategy. And, and so that is why many entrepreneurs claim that they take one email subscription, listen to this, one email subscription over 100 new social media followers. Now here's the reason. The reason is this, is that even at a 20 to 30% open rate, which is pretty, pretty standard for an email broadcast, that 20 to 30%, 
um, will open that email is still like having t coffee with 20 to 30 people in a 100-person organization or church or business or, or wherever you're currently leading. Now think about that for a second. Let's say you're, you're leading a ministry or a church of 100 people. That's like, and, and that's, a, that's a low rate. Like I know a lot of churches are seeing a lot better open rates than 20 to 30%. But let's say it's 20 to 30%, as low as that may seem. That's still like, let's say you're sending out a weekly broadcast email. That's like having 20 to 30 lunches or coffees with 20 to 30 people in your church or your ministry. That's pretty phenomenal. Like that's way better than, than just, you know, posting something on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat and not knowing how many people are actually seeing it or, or actually paying a whole lot of attention to it. Like that's a pretty great stat. And um, now you could take it even in more creative ways. There's more creative ways to even increase that open rate in a broadcast email. There's something called a, a nine word email, which is basically a call to action, a CTA in the subject line. It could look or sound something like this, where uh, if it was coming to me, for, let's say in my church, from my pastor, it might say, Jeremy, who are you inviting to church this Sunday? Now, it, there's nothing else in the body of that email. That's all in the subject line. Let me tell you, if I get an email like that, when, when my name's in the subject line, I, you better believe I'm going to open that email. That's going to have an incredible open rate. And now it's got me thinking, hey, why did my pastor send me that? Who am I going to invite to church this Sunday? When I may have not normally been thinking about that at all in my busy week. And so there's all sorts of ways to get creative to increase your open rate. But the whole idea is this, that social media is not bad. And I'm not suggesting that you don't use social media. I, all I'm suggesting is that many entrepreneurs are actually claiming that uh, email is still um, a great communication medium to use and very effective um, because of especially when you get people subscribing to a weekly or monthly email subscription um, that that open rate is is similar to having coffee with that many people or or lunch or, or whatever the case may be now there's a there's other communication mediums out there strategies uh, there's group texting things I, I personally send out a, a weekly group text to, uh, I have a couple different uh, group texting groups that, that I send out a weekly, usually on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I try and be very consistent with it, and I'll send just a devotional thought or a leadership thought, and I have a couple different groups going that, that I've been sending. I've been doing that for years, and uh, from time to time, I'll get people responding and just saying, hey, I know I don't respond on a weekly basis, but keep these coming. I love them, or I find them very beneficial, or, or this hit, they, once in a while, I'll get... Uh, people that will send back and say, this was so timely, I so needed this today. And uh, I think that's pretty powerful. Uh, there's also apps for this. Um, you, can, you can use uh, the Remind app if you uh, want to use texting, because I, I just know, especially with uh, Generation Z and the up-and-coming generations, they're so, um, the text is just so quick and so effective when you're trying to communicate something to get a message across. It, it happens very quickly. Well, now that we've walked through the four stages of communication and intentional communication strategy, we've talked about why, <coughs> excuse me, we've talked about the, the who, we've talked about what, and, and now we've talked about how you're going to 
communicate and, and the different various mediums out there a little bit. Let's, I want to wrap it all up for you. Why, why is it so necessary to be intentional with the why, the who, the what, and the how? And here's the thing. Because hope is not a strategy. See, some of the, if I were to pull all of our listeners today and, and ask if, if, you know, if you, if you believe that, um, that you're communicating effectively and you're, and you're communicating the right things and, and uh, your communication strategy is, is, is effective, and uh, I would assume that every single listener today would say, well, I hope it is. But hope is not a strategy. It's never a great stat- strategy. And so uh, I want to take you beyond just hoping. What if instead of just hoping, you know, let's, let's assume, again, uh, go back to the church world and forgive me if you're a business leader, but you can apply this to your context as well. This is still transferable. Uh, I think every single pastor, every single leader within the church hopes that their people would invite someone to church or to their ministry, their children's ministry, um, next Sunday or next Wednesday or next Friday or whenever you meet. But that's not strategic. What if instead of just hoping, you actually took the time to make up an invite card or a promo card or something and set it on everybody's seat and took five minutes during your message, during your, your weekly ministry, to actually communicate how important it is for them to invite their friends. And then you shared how you're doing that in your own personal life. You, you contextualized it and let them into your life a little bit. Could you imagine the excitement that may start to build? What if your people took that and started to build off of that? And, and, and I just believe that excitement actually leads to sharing and, and people doing it themselves. And, and so let me give you a, let me close with a, a literal example of this from my own personal life. This happened back when I was pastoring and uh, our church had kind of decided to, to go down this road a little bit and start leaving invite cards. Now, we did it a couple times a year, Easter and Christmas specifically. I don't know if they've moved beyond that now. Um, since I've been gone for a few years now out of that context, uh, I don't know if they've upped it at all. But, but we took uh, this as a family, as a challenge. And we started getting excited about these big church moments at Easter and Christmas. And we started inviting our neighbors and, and leaving these invites in mailboxes. And so we specifically, we did that. Now, it was a couple years later after leaving that context, moving away from this city where I was currently ministering, I got this Facebook message. Um, it was like three years later. And it was so powerful. I want to share it with you. I won't give you the specifics of it for sake of confidentiality. Uh, but this neighbor of ours on our street um, sent me this. I had never like never found out her name or anything, um, but she looked me up on Facebook, found me on Facebook, figured out who I was, and sent me this message. I want to read it to you. It's so powerful, and I hope it'll move you the way the same way it's moved me. Hey, Jeremy, she says, we met briefly on your street. She names the street. I won't name it here, but your family had just moved in across the street from mine around Halloween, or at least that is when I answered the door to you introducing yourself and your little trick-or-treaters. My husband and I were so curious over the next few months, we kept seeing carloads of kids drop by your house on Sunday evenings. Now, let me stop for a second. We would have, we would open our house as a youth pastor. I would open up our home to our students, to our leaders every Sunday night and whoever wanted to come could come. Now, I only say that to bring it back to we are constantly communicating without even realizing what we're communicating. Okay, this was communicating to my neighbors across the street. I had no idea. This is crazy. 
We kept seeing carloads of kids drop by your house on Sunday evenings. I can't remember if you gave us a Woodvale invite uh, that day or if it was on my doorstep a few weeks later, but I somehow linked Woodvale to your name. That's the name of the church I was currently um, leading at before I came to district office, if you're wondering. Okay, and she, she says that I, I linked Woodvale to your name and soon figured out you were a youth pastor. I and my husband were not believers, so the Woodville card sadly ended up in our recycling box. Time passed, lots of time. Life got messy, really messy. Then right in the middle of my mess, a young lady I was working with engaged me in a conversation about Jesus. For the first time in my life, I was so curious about Christ. I think it was through my Jesus talks with her that she had mentioned your name or it was my colleague who was part of another congregation in the city. Then your name came up a third time shortly after I joined another church on the other side of the city and our pastor referred to you when he was preaching about the different seasons we come into then again announcing that you're going to be speaking here next sunday anyway i felt a tug to let you know that the card you gave me or left on my doorstep ended up being a bit of a seed i've now accepted jesus into my life i'm learning more and more every day god is working in my life in ways that only he can incredible ways incredible things have happened to me in the past few months financial breakthroughs depression lifted a sense of peace and contentment. One of the very important things I'm learning is how to listen to God. A Christian mentor suggested that things will pop up a few times if they are from God. Since your name has popped up three or four times now, I thought I should listen to the tug that has been telling me to write you. I'm not sure of the purpose, but likely you or he knows. Take good care. She signs her name. Wow. How powerful is that? All because of a tiny little invite card that became a bit of a seed because my church at the time became a little more intentional with their communication strategy. I, I just think that's so powerful. So I want to give you a couple takeaways today before we end this podcast. I'll end in just a minute. But here's the first thing. Um, if you're leading in an organization, a church, a business, I want you to sit with your key leaders around you and work through the four stages of an intentional communication strategy. So if you're a youth pastor, for instance, and you're listening to this, why don't you get your leadership team uh, around you and walk through why it is you're going to communicate, who it is you're communicating to, what it is you want to communicate, and how you're going to do it. And I'm not talking about your message or preaching. Now, that might be a part of the conversation, but that is not, this is, be, remember, this is all about beyond the platform, okay? And I want you to walk with those key influential leaders, walk through the whole process. Now, that might be three, four, five, six meetings, okay? You may not be able to do that. You might just take the first couple meetings just to come up with a why, why it is you're going to communicate, okay? And then takeaway number two is this. Go grab coffee. If you're, this is so important, especially if you're a church or a ministry leader. Go grab coffee with the person in your church, in your ministry, that invites the most amount of people. And ask them what they say to get people to come with them. And whatever their answer is, let me just say this to you. That is the most invitable aspect of your church or your ministry. Okay? And now build intentional, consistent communication strategy around these aspects. And, and if you're in a, 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 a large or a small context, like there's other ways to do this. Okay? If you don't have somebody that's inviting all kinds of people in your ministry or in your church, then you can figure this out on your own. Maybe you got a friend coming to town. You live in a small town. Let me talk to small town pastors for a second or a business owner. You got a friend coming to town. Get them to go to a gas station and get them to, to pretend like they're moving to that community and ask the, the owner, ask the business owner, the, the gas 
attendant or whatever, ask them, hey, tell, I'm moving into this community in a few months. Tell me about that church down the street and list the church that you want to find out. And then get them to, to tell you what was said. And you'll be surprised at how often people won't say anything or don't know anything about your church or your ministry that you're leading. It can be very revealing. I like to do this because I get to travel a little bit. And I'll oftentimes travel into a, a community and I'll, I'll play this little game and ask, hey, tell me about that church uh, three doors down there. I'm moving into the area. Tell me what you know about it. It's, it's amazing how many times I get a bit of a blank stare or, or people will kind of shrug their shoulders and say, I don't really know what to tell you. I, I didn't, you know, uh, one time somebody even said, I, I didn't even know that was a church. Like, we've got to do better at this. So if you want to, if you want to know what the most invitable aspects of your church are, then figure out what's said about your church or, or what the, the person that invites the most amount of people in your church is using to get people to come with them. Sit down with them, ask them that question, and then build an intentional communication strategy around those aspects. Hey, if this has been meaningful in any way, shape, or form, if you would take a second and share it with a friend, another leader, coworker, whatever the case may be, uh, I just think that would be so awesome that you don't just keep this to yourself. And furthermore, wherever you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you can find us on iTunes, go leave a, a quick review and shout out. It helps us promote the podcast and get it out there to more listeners so more people can benefit from this equipping tool. Hey, until next month, remember, your leadership really does matter. Peace on your melon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.